fishing. I am bone rise up, ting ting like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul, rise up, ting ting like glitter. All right, let's get today's podcast show on the road. It's a couple of minutes before three o'clock. At four o'clock, my time. You're on podcast time. I'm on my time. At 4 o'clock, which will be, I don't know, no more than 15 minutes, as I give you a monologue here, um, you'll have a, I'll call him a good friend, because some of my good friends are very close with him, and he has been bugging me, um, actually for a long time, to, to do more for him. I would love to, but um, I certainly want to help him out in this endeavor. Something ha- something is happening uh, on the east side. I think it's called the Ironwood neighborhood. I've mentioned it on the air a couple of times. I don't know whether we call this person local artist, local rapper, local uh, community advocate. But um, Seafeth will be on here after we monologue for a couple of minutes to talk about this cool family Um family-friendly arts and cultural center that's happening over on the east side as things continue to grow on the east side and improve and get reimagined, not just by Glass City Metro Park and those nice little lofts on the other side or on the uh, the one side of the bridge across the McDonald's. Um, some things to get to. First, this is a, this is a subtweet. Do you know what that is? Where you you see somebody say something and you don't quote tweet them or respond to them. Um, or you say something about somebody but don't mention them, I'm doing that here. I'm I'm petty enough to do it on the podcast, but I'm not bold enough to do it on Facebook because I, I do not encourage being petty. Uh, when petty was a word in hip-hop lyrics, 2017, 2018, and people were being proud for their petty things, like, no, that that's not something you should be proud of. Be proud that you... You adopted a dog. Be proud that you you helped, you volunteered at a cause you weren't familiar with. But now, you, be proud of that. Don't be proud of being petty. I'm not proud of this, but I want to say it. When it comes to those those causes, um, the ones that you hear me talk about, or really any community cause, I hope that the person that is working on its behalf is doing it because they're deeply connected to the cause and they truly want to help and there is just an altruistic nature about them. And I think for the most part people are, but there are some people that, again, if we're doing a graph here, it's like like when I do my mental health stuff, NAMI Walks, Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition, on and on and on. Uh, the girls from AFSP were like, can we get on before the end of Mental Health Month? Yes. It's 100% because it's a cause that's obviously near and dear to my heart and in my head. And I know it helps people when I offer resources or just talk about the stuff that I go through to let you know that, oh, somebody else feels like that. Oh, I can get some help. So the causes that I'm deeply connected to, it's mental health and animals. It's 100% altruism. I think there are people who do things, great causes, um, help out places that need help, that don't have resources of many kind. And it's like 75% altruistic. Like they, they, they feel great meeting others, helping them, offering their resources to places and people that might not have them. But that 25%, they do it for their ego. 
for clicks, for views. And I don't like that. I know I have to tell myself this is where I have to reframe something for myself. I know at the end of the day, you know, fine. Let somebody get some clicks. Let somebody get some followers. Fine. At least that place has someone with resources helping them. Okay, fine. I completely understand. And subtweet. Let's talk about some other stuff. And it might be, I don't know what time I'll get to Danny. I've got a, a, a lot. I've got things on my mind that are far more cohesive and lucid than I was yesterday in my foul mood. I was Yesterday was a foul mood. Today is, I'm tired. Oh, it sucks. It sucks so bad. The B12 stuff. I went to message my doctor and go, I don't think this stuff is working. I'm on my fourth shot. I'm waiting now to get two monthly ones and he's going to retest me. Anyway, um, there was a story that hit last night that Matt Campbell, the, the very successful and well-liked, dare I say beloved, um, former head coach of the University of Toledo Rockets, um, who was originally from what, Massillian? Did I say that right? He's from here in Ohio. Um, he left the Rockets job to take a job in a bigger conference, but at a lesser school. Like UT is at the top of the MAC, a mid-tier conference. He took a mid-tier, he took a job at a mid-tier football school in a big conference. I think it's the Big 12. I can't keep track of the the um, the transformations of conferences these days. The Big 10 hasn't had 10 teams in it in a decade. So he went to Iowa State at the Big 12. And he has had some really nationally recognized wins over big teams. I think he won his division in this wonky last COVID year. Long story short, Matt Campbell has been as successful, if not more successful, in a more challenging situation in conference at Iowa State than he has at UT. Um, everybody that I really like, people that I respect, like Matt Campbell a lot. And I think he's younger than me. He might, he might be younger than me. He still looks like a 32-year-old, which is probably around the time I met him. He's probably 34 or 35. I, I met him once at Mac Media Day in 2014, and um, he did not make my... Uh, my BS meter go off. He was, you know, I had followed him 13 and part of 14 and I got to meet him. I was like, this is, yeah, this is the, the real authentic, genuine dude um, that you see in press conferences and, and just sound, he doesn't sound like a football coach. He just sounds like a good human being, good human being, volunteer causes. Oh, there's, there's kind of a, a theme here going on. Um, story comes out last night that uh, Coach Campbell was offered the Lions job, because the, the Lions fired their head coach, um, and they eventually hired Dan Campbell, I think the New Orleans Saints tight ends coach, a very rowdy, rah-rah guy, all about, but literally, he said biting kneecaps and, you know, old school football stuff. I don't think that stuff is really going to happen because football is as tame and as safe as it's ever been, but I like his attitude, um, and maybe he'll be a good coach for the Lions. There are so few of those because the organization has been mismanaged for decades. But a story comes out last night that uh, Matt Campbell was offered like 60 some million dollars over eight years to take the Lions job, to coach the Lions before Dan Campbell got, before Dan Campbell got the job. Is this, is this Matt Campbell and coach? Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Lions were so screwed up. They just wanted somebody named Campbell. Anyway, um, I was kind of surprised but I shouldn't have been because Matt Campbell has been on NFL head coaching radars for a couple of years. The sports sites I read have always mentioned him as a potential 
future successful NFL head coach. Um, this is a sports reference, and I'll just I'll start it with this. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's going to be the Midwest version of Stanford's head coach, David Shaw. Stay, uh, David Shaw has been very successful at Stanford, and the NFL has also come his way. And he's like, ah, I'm good. You know, you guys do you. I'm really happy where I am right now. I'm totally content coaching Stanford, um, which is out in California. Maybe Matt Campbell will be that to um, flyover country with Iowa State. Um, I don't want to go negative and say, you know, college coaches don't always work in the NFL. Oftentimes, college coaches don't. Successful college coaches have a spotty track record when they go up a level, whether it's the NBA or the NFL. But I want to talk about something else. Um, the the After the shock of, wow, the story last night, I was like, good for him. Um, I think before the NFL stuff, I'm sure some other schools bigger than Iowa State maybe sniffed around him a little bit. And everything that I've read, his quotes and, and whatnot, and people that follow him from here that tweet stuff out, he seems happy. Um, let's go down the grass is not always greener line. I've, I've, I'm old enough. I've had enough professional experiences and personal ones to know the grass is not always greener. I really like, um, another cliche. It's not a cliche yet, but it's a quote and it'll be, I hope it becomes a cliche, something that's overused, helpful, but overused. Like the grass is, isn't always greener. It's water. The grass is greener where you water it. And a quick aside for that, when I was seeing a uh, job counselor nine years ago, because I it was the worst year of my life, um, she's like, before you leave a job, she had some fundamentals, um, like the balance of what you like and dislike about work. And I've mentioned that before, but I'll keep this part of this tangent, this aside as short as I can. She said, before you go looking for another job, do everything you possibly can to fix where you are. Are you doing everything you can to make this the best work experience for you? Um, and and I can't give you specific examples, but I know that there have been times where I've been unhappy at my job and, and thought, isn't prior to that, I'd be like, right at the job openings. What's What other radio jobs are out there? Um, but I remembered what she passed along to me. I was like, okay, hold on a second. Before I uproot my life or anything... What can I do to make this better for me? Maybe not actually physically doing anything, but maybe it's simply a mindset. I have to be better at compartmentalizing. And if you apply that to where you are, um, maybe it will help you and keep you from constantly doing what I did. Oh, I'm, I'm not happy today. My, my manager just pissed me off. Let me go to the job open. Let me go to Indeed. Fix where you are. Unless it comes, becomes completely untenable or there's some kind of inappropriate behavior going on naked leave if you can if you can i really i encourage you to leave at that point um there's a uh a quote from a radio host that i really like that he's said for years and he it's funny he doesn't back it up with a whole lot of personal experiences but it makes sense to me his name is colin cowherd he's a great sports talk host i've listened to him for over a decade now like maybe 15 years don't try to be happier than happy don't try to be happier than happy. Um, when we do my mental health talks, and, and this is something I had to get into my own head, you know, as we're growing up, we get all these ideas in our head from everywhere as kids. And then as, you know, as we grow up and we're like, I, I should be happy all the time. I want to be happy all the time. Well, one takes should statements out. And the reality is nobody's happy all the time. 
No, nobody is happy all the time. Nobody's happy probably 90%. Nobody's probably happy 80% of the time. The key is, the alternative to that is, you shouldn't be down all the time. You know, don't be one of the extremes. If you're happy all the time, maybe you're on crack. I don't know. But it's, it, it, utter happiness is not going to last every moment of your life. Similarly, depression shouldn't last every moment of your life of your life either. That's where I am. All Before, I was like depressed 70% of the time. Now it's like... 30, 35% of the time. But for the most part, if we, if I'm taking, I'm taking my hands now, above the microphone is total happiness. Below the microphone is total depression. I want to be where the microphone is, right in the middle. Contentment. And I think some people can misuse or make the word content or contentment derisive or pejorative. But no, it's, you're, maybe Matt Campbell is content at Iowa State. And Part of that is maybe not wanting to uproot his life. Maybe he likes smaller towns. Toledo, I think it's Ames, Iowa. Maybe he doesn't want to live in in Detroit. Maybe he's com- he is he is content and his family is as well where he lives. That takes me to another thing that I can apply from my own personal experience. Don't put what you think most people want onto someone else. When I was uh when I was first getting into radio, the only goal I had, I remember I said to my dad, I said, I started in market five in Philadelphia and I was about to go to Saginaw. Um, and I said, dad, all I, all I want to do is like get back up to a, a higher market, a bigger market size. And I was even, I was dumb then as I really got going market size, the amount of people, um, that I had the ability to reach for the microphone or whatever the platform Never mattered. I just wanted to be happy and content. The point of this is so many people doing what I do in the same way that every 13-year-old wants to, or 18-year-old wants to be TikTok famous. There are some 18-year-olds who their definition of happiness and contentment is not TikTok famous. Many of the people and the general norm of my industry, radio media, was got to get to New York or L.A. Got to get maybe Chicago. They wanted to get to the biggest market possible with the most amount of people they could reach. And then um, in the early 2000s, there was like satellite radio and internet radio. And, you know, people from Detroit would record shows and do shows in Dallas, like mini syndication. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I can't connect. If I'm in Detroit and I'm doing a radio show for Dallas, like... I can't connect with those people. I will never see those people. Here in Detroit, I'm going to talk into the microphone to them, and I'm going to run into these people at Meyer, at Kroger, at the gym, wherever, at a Tigers game. So just because um, most people in, we'll use professional sports, because that's where we are with Coach Camp, most people aspire to get the biggest, highest paying job. Um, most people is not everybody. Maybe Matt Campbell is completely content coaching at Iowa State, and he will be there for decades. And you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if people are going to shade him or criticize him for not taking the Lions job, sure. he, No one with the last name in his family, Campbell, would ever have to work a day in their life, most likely, um, as long as the earth is still not a burning ball of fire for 60-some million dollars. And he probably would have been successful. But you know what? Maybe he's happy where he is. Somebody else can take that that job. 
Maybe I'm completely inaccurate with this. Maybe he just didn't want to go work for the Lions, who are a bad organization to work for. They are, they like I said, they've been mismanaged for a long time. But upshots and takeaways here. Um, the grass isn't always greener. Water the grass um, where you are. Try to make the best of your situation before you completely step out on it, whether it's work or personal. Um, don't try to be happier than happy and don't fall in line with other people's goals and aspirations just because it's what most people are doing. Do And this sounds so remedial, so elementary, but not enough people follow it. Do what makes you happy. Um, I wish I... I wish it even 32, I would have been more content to just hang out at home. It's funny. I was, I had this thought on the way to work today and people were like, you know, you could, you, you would, you could do blankety blank if you just went out more. Maybe, but you know what? That's not what I like. Once I settled into my, the comfort of my own skin and what I enjoyed, or maybe even more particular, more specifically didn't enjoy, I was a lot more content in life. I hope that helped you out a little bit. Um, my Panera on airport has been hard to predict whether the dining room would be open. And part of the $9 a month I pay for my membership is so I can sit in there mostly by myself at like 7 o'clock in the morning, enjoy my coffee, and read about things to talk about with you. So I haven't gone like all week. Um, I've been doing Tim Hortons. And I was like, you know what? It's, 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 it was a little gray. It still kind of is. But it's warm. I did it a couple of times before. It's not far. Let me go to the Dunkin' Donuts in Mommy, which is right across from Schlotsky's and Meyer. Um, there's a couple of gyms back there. You know where it is. You'll find it. Big brand new store. It's so, it's very modern and contemporary in there. I'm used to the one on Central, which it might be now, but I haven't been there in so long. Um, I wish they had indoor seating, but I'm like, it's totally fine and okay. Not like what I was just talking about, but it, it would be totally comfortable to sit outside and do what I normally do in Panera at one of the five guys tables they have outside their restaurant, which is right next to Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts for me is the best. Like some days Starbucks can be, if I do Starbucks too many days in a row, it's too overpowering. Um, Panera, I do it all the time, even though I will take a break to, it, it, it's, 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 it's meh, but it gets what I need and it's, it's good value. Another thing that we overlook in life, value. What we, what it costs as opposed as opposed to what we get back. Um, Dunkin' Donuts for me, I could drink every day. Like if I did five days in a row of Starbucks, I would have to go five weeks without having it. I can do Dunkin' Donuts every day. Although I think something with it might upset my stomach, and I can't quite figure out what it is. Um, I took the sugar-free flavoring out, and I just do black coffee. Um, but it's still. I don't know. I'm not going to try to figure it out. It's it's totally manageable. Gets me gets me loosened up in the morning too, if you know what I mean. But um, it was a neat experience. Yeah, do you remember last year? My dad had befriended squirrels, and they would come up on his lap. I've got these wild pictures. Uh, one one squirrel is like sunbathing on his table on his porch, and I have a lot of animals where I live. I put uh, peanuts out for the squirrels. The dogs run them off. But yesterday there was a squirrel in the tree, and the dogs were inside. So I ran inside, got some peanuts, and we did a little bit, we had a little bit of a staring showdown. He didn't come near me. I put some of the peanuts on the tree, and they were gone by the time I got home. So I'm just beginning the relationship, and my dad's like, put it six feet away, stand there, and they could approach you. 
He also said squirrels are kind of blind. So put it in the palm of your hand. Don't hold it between fingers because you they could snatch it by accident. So I'm, I'm having this, yes, uh, better relationships with animals than birds. Better relationships with animals than humans. So today I'm at Dunkin' Donuts and uh, there's like a like an awning and some birds flew up under it and were hanging out and there. It was very loud. I'm like, those are some brave birds. Like, I thought when the bird was flying towards it, I'm like, oh shit, that thing's in a crash. But no, it meant to fly up in there. Good for it. Stay out of the heat or the sun. But then, right next to me, not three feet away, these pictures are on my uh, social, on my Instagram. There's a couple of birds. They look like pigeons. I'm very familiar with pigeons from having lived in, lived in cities most of my life. Pigeons will. Pigeons are not afraid of people. Um, if you've seen shows in New York City, you know they'll just walk right next to you and just wait for food to drop. They're like dogs waiting for crumbs. These look like pigeons. Um, I found that they're morning doves. Good morning to you too, dove. But um, I tried to get close, but one flew away. But there's one great picture. Like these two, these two morning doves were not afraid of me whatsoever. I was trying to start a conversation with them, and then the one just looked me dead in the eye and was like, bro, we don't speak human, and you're drinking black coffee. We have some problems with you, but we're still going to sit here. So, good time. Uh, it was a good time last night. Ted Long, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, I got invited to be a part of the library's authors series. Ted was featured, and man, he has some incredible stories of Toledo history. Some you will find hard to believe. Uh, there's one place in, we, I asked him about what his favorite pizza place was. He said Inky's last night. He, we got into burgers. He said someplace in Rossford. I, I'm going to have to ask him again. He also said the four horsemen. So that's on my radar. And, um, if you saw it, yes, I was a little hot and sweaty. Um, not from the stress of the, the interview with the executive director of the Toledo Lucas County Public Library System and his uh, his wonderful co-worker Kathy um but she was she's like a, not a drill sergeant but very like a b c d I'm like I got it Kathy I'm going to be here my my camera and I'm going to my camera's going to be off and I'm going to be, be muted I'm going to I'm not going to let you down but it got hot in the house and uh, I turned on my dining room light which I never do and I was uh I was a little warm so I had to wipe my brow a couple of times and then I turned on the air conditioning. Also, I'm the tiny percentage of people who has been allowed to go to work almost nonstop through the pandemic. Everybody has accustomed, uh, has gotten accustomed to and then complained about Zoom, all Zoom fatigue. Um, things like that I've had to be on over the last year. I just did audio only so I could lay on the couch. But recently I've had to do more of them. And I can't do them at home Unless Andre's sitting on my lap because he sees me talking to someone and he gets excited. So to keep him from barking, he's got to sit on my lap. So if you and I ever do a Zoom, it will be you and I and Andre. Um, just a few more quick things before we get to Danny. His thing is Saturday. He'll talk at C Fifth. He'll talk to you about that. The Asian Heritage Festival is happening at Bombay Kitchen. Um, Saturday, Friday, and Saturday night. Haunted Hydro, The Awakening. I'll be out there. Friday night, what else do we have? The Polish American uh, Festival. All the orders are closed, but you can still go out there and drink and listen to polka music that's in Holland. And there are a couple of um, 
historic but restored uh, World War II planes and a Vietnam plane that are going to be at the airport this weekend. So that's very cool. And there's one more thing over the weekend. Was it, did, did, no, that's enough. That's enough. All right. Um, He's been on the show before. I've known him for a long time. He's good friends with my friends. He is a big part of the resurgence on the east side of Toledo, C-Fifth. Danny Morin, we appreciate him for being on the podcast, and I thank you for being here. There he is. Hello. This sounds better. Oh, good. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was happening like that. We we get that kind of uh, digital garble sometimes, but I could only hear like one of every eight words you said. So uh, I don't know, man. My wife talked me into getting a brand new smartphone, and we just got some new internet over here too. So I'm pretty disappointed <laughs> in hearing that. <laughs> what kind of phone did she have you get? A Galaxy S21 Ultra Mega 5 camera pixel thing. Okay. I don't know. It's the nicest one that they could... I don't know. I don't know. It's a Galaxy 21 S. Um, (laughs) Are you you on the the cellular data or on your Wi-Fi at home? I'm on my Wi-Fi. I'm on my Wi-Fi. Fiber optic, AT&T. They sold us the whole package, man. Look at that. (laughs) Look at that. I was going to ditch Buckeye, too. Um... And get AT and T, but I saw that it's it's it is half the cost, but it's also like half the speed. So I passed. Yeah, that you know I have been pleasant. I've had it for about two months now, and this is the first uh, hiccup. I guess you could say I've had with it. So, well, here we are. It's good to hear your voice. And before we get started talking about this thing that you've been hitting over my head for months now, but I'm very happy to help out, and I am going to do my best to get over there on Saturday. Um, I need to. I guess I I should thank you. Even though none of your advice to me how to get girls worked, somehow, some way, I've had a girlfriend now for five months, but literally not one iota of thanks to you. Well, you know, I bet you were just being yourself, and that's that's all you need to do, man. If only if only you would have said that long ago when I started to hit you up for for girl advice. I know. I, I guess the dropping a mixtape route probably wasn't very. Nope. Good. Not for me. <laughs> no. So what? So are are you have has C Fifth retired? Like I know you did a video not that long ago. We, yeah. Do we call actually, you? No. Is, is it? For, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is okay, it John. for? I don't know. I I didn't know how to talk about this. Like on the air. Like, are you Danny? Right. Are you C Fifth? Are you former? I'm both, man. I'm I'm Dan Morin is my government name that my mother and father gave me back in 1987, and I'm proudly wear that title. But uh, C-Fifth has been my stage name and my musician name for like 15 years. So that it's, that has a little bit of a reputation, and sometimes I use that to my advantage to, to do stuff. So I, it doesn't really matter, man. I, I go by Dan. I go by C-Fifth. Uh, most people that know me know me as both names. So. Okay. All right. I get it. Um, do And you're still doing music, or are you putting Correct. that? Okay, good. So you're not retired artist no. musician no, rapper. i'm actually working on an album right now that i'm uh producing co-producing with another friend of mine out of toledo and uh you know it's, it's called it's gonna be some dad rap rapping about being a dad oh, and growing God. up you know probably not everybody's <laughs> cup of tea but that's all good no 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 no. because people that have grown up with you have their their lifestyles have grown up with you as well so they're probably parents who are yelling at you know kids for turning on the air conditioning and you know too much screen time and all that nonsense yeah yeah that's true i've been hearing a lot of that so i, I you know i've always made music about what i'm doing 
and uh, right now I'm being a dad. Yeah. <laughs> so before we so get to it's it's the Ironwood neighborhood. That's correct, right? That is correct. It is on the east side. It is near Oakdale and East Broadway. Okay. It is it is basically the the bottom little corner of the edge of the east side before you get out into Northwood, Oregon. We're the last little neighborhood before you leave Toledo. I've never heard of the neighborhood, though I'm sure I've probably driven through it a bunch of times. I mean, it has a very catchy name. Um, so what yeah. is, what is this project that you have been seemingly working on for like the last year or so? And it kind of, I guess, gets the wheels up and running on Saturday. Yeah, well, it's it all snowballed from... Uh, you know, I wanted to figure out who the first owner of my house was because my neighborhood's kind of old. And that snowballed into researching the neighborhood and then researching this, uh, finding out we have this community garden in my neighborhood that has been there for like 60 years, you know, way longer than I've even been around. Not that and much I, way longer. No, I'm only 33. So, yeah. But, uh, so I tracked, you know, I noticed the garden in the neighborhood that had seen it hadn't really been active in the last couple of years. So I tracked down who was kind of responsible for it. And it was this lady named Mary Wilson who lived in the neighborhood as well. And she had lived in the neighborhood her whole life. She still lives in the neighborhood. And she has been, you know, she was actively involved with all kinds of uh, community service and, you know, stuff with the city and been doing, you know, neighborhood stuff as long as I've been alive. And now that I have my kids, I felt like it was the perfect time to kind of get involved. And so we, uh, we got this, uh, community garden on Ironwood Avenue in East Toledo that we all kind of take care of. It's next to Edgar Holmes park, which is a city park, uh, city of Toledo park, um, which is next to our building. That is going to be a future community event center resource center, uh, you name it. Uh, that's still, we just got that this year. So that's kind of up in the works, but it's this whole little block in our neighborhood that we're all kind of one alleyway ties it all together. And, uh, we the garden's been going strong. So that's really our main focal point right now. The building is a project that is a work in progress. Uh, is it, we've been making progress on it. We got a lot going on, but, uh, the garden is something that is done and established. So that is definitely something we focus a lot on. Tell me about the garden. Uh, what are you growing? Who gets it? And how does it benefit the neighborhood? Well, the garden is actually named the J.D. Carter Garden. And the Ironwood community is the Ironwood that it's in. And the Ironwood community garden just kind of is like the umbrella term for everything. So the J.D. Sure. Carter Garden, we grow, um, I mean, all the neighbors, literally any neighbor and some neighbors, you know, east siders, people from... Other sides of t- south, west, north, I mean, other suburbs, they all come to participate. People that have used to live in the neighborhood, people that got friends, family in the neighborhood. Uh, most of it is myself, my wife, Miss Mary, and a couple other na- immediate neighbors that live directly by the garden. And, uh, you know, we grow vegetables in the main garden. You name it, we grow, I mean, watermelons, corn, tomatoes, peppers, everything. Uh, everything that'll grow around here, we grow. And then we just... Uh, we just teamed up with Sacred Grounds and the Rain Garden Initiative, uh, the rain with the rain barrel project. So we got a a system where we're going to be collecting the rainwater off the neighbors' garages and uh, you know using all the rainwater and uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's a, it's you know and I, I myself have never like even gardened before last year. Like this, I just got involved with my kids and I'm so I'm real new to all this stuff. I'm just doing it because it's it's been fun and I've been learning a lot. 
when you do a, but, uh, when you start working on music, it's like we just talked about how like what you what your lyrics are about is so different now. Now the hose will actually have different meanings and true garden meanings. I believe I I can I never really rapped about hose before, but now I can. Co- correct, <laughs> correct. So this is uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm thinking of. Are you familiar with the Sofia Cantero Arts and Cultural Center Squawk? I am not. Okay, so it's over in South Toledo. It's on Broadway, like just a, a minute outside of downtown, and they uh-huh. ha- they have an urban garden. Um, oh yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Okay, it's across from the, the Taqueria, which I think might have closed. Is is are you modeling it after that? Is it more of an urban garden? Because I too am not a gardener, and I I do know that like urban gardening and urban planting is is a bigger thing now. Yeah, you know, like I said, this garden had been here long before I've been around. It started off as a family garden uh, from the Carter and the Stribling family that lived in the neighborhood. And now just this last year, it's kind of turning into more of a uh, community project. Uh, Last year, everything we grew, we had an end-of-the-year party, a harvest party on Labor Day, Saturday, uh, Labor Day weekend. And we gave all the produce that we grew away to everybody that attended the party. And we, I mean, this year we planned that we did the same thing. We're doing the same thing this year. It's September 5th of this year at the end of the summer. Uh, we have like bounce houses and music and the whole, it's like a block party basically through the whole neighborhood. Awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. I'm super yeah, excited awesome. to hear about this and, and to help out. And, and speaking of help, so the garden is up and running. Um, what kind of help do you need? I know t- uh, Saturday is kind of like a, I don't want to, you want to call it like a soft grand opening, a welcoming event, just spreading the word. Yeah, it's, it's like a planting event, a seasonal planting event. We kind of, a few of us neighbors got it tilled up and, you know, mowed and trimmed and got it all looking nice and pretty and ready to be planted. And Saturday, May 22nd at 2 p.m., we are having a public planting event, basically, where we're, we're going to get the vegetable garden all planted, which is, that's I mean, that's probably 50 by 50, you know, 50 feet by 50 feet. So it's a pretty good-sized garden, and, this, you know, we try to grow a good variety. And then we also have multiple flower gardens and flower pot and a sunflower, a, a big uh, sunflower plot that we're going to tie in with the new river wall project that they got going on down in the river because that's going to be a whole little thing we're going to you know kind of do it to dedicate to them guys and stuff so it's we got a lot going on man it's going to be pretty cool what's your vision for uh the the family center what kind of events do you see happening there who's i'm guessing everybody is welcome but how short term and long term do you see that planning out like do you have things in your head we're like i'd like to do this i don't know if we can do this we're gonna have a basketball court we'll have this yeah (laughs) so what's your vision i my vision definitely would be to turn the building into some sort of event center, an affordable event center, you know, for birthday parties, weddings, uh, whatever, quinceañeras, you name it. Um, that's affordable, clean space for that. Also, it would be the offices and headquarters of our nonprofit, Project ER. That's uh, what I'm a part of. That uh, we, That's who maintains the garden, and then the community center is in our name, too, Project ER. What's, what's, the, what's the ER stand for? Uh, embracing and restoring families, oh, and that's uh, like that kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like. I mean, you know, we're we're proud of our neighborhood. The east side gets a lot of crap, and you know, some of it may be deserved because you know there are freaks everywhere you go. <laughs> but uh, some of ours are a little more public. Anyway, we're trying to show that this neighborhood is a good place to live. It's affordable. I've lived here, you know, ten years. I'm raising my kids here. I'm, you know, I'm proud to say that I live here. It's an, uh, 
a safe, affordable place to raise a family. And we, I, I think, uh, I think it's time somebody showed it up. And I yeah. feel like it's my calling. Well, yeah, and I think you're certainly reaching that calling and meeting it because you're you again. You've been hitting me with this thing for a long time, so I'm happy to help. I uh, I know you're very excited for the murals on on the grain silos, and I am as well. I've, as soon as I saw that story, I was excited because I know how many people sit in construction in traffic every day on 75, oh. um, and they're going to have no choice but to look at it. And it's going to be beautiful. And it, did, did I see you say somewhere or somebody said it's going to be like the largest mural in the country? once it's completed yeah I, I was down there last thursday doing kind of like a tour of the site and they said it's going to be over 170,000 square feet which is the largest in the country and the second largest in the world where's the largest so, at? i believe they said south korea okay is the, the largest but um you know another cool thing about that mural like you said the traffic of you know i-75 gets like over 80,000 cars a day on that bridge yeah plus there's a the the main uh, Amtrak rail line runs right by that mural site and crosses the river there. You got the boat traffic, you got the plane traffic that circles downtown. I mean it's it's unreal it's like a perfect location. It couldn't be more perfect for all the traveling that is literally right around it, man. It's a pretty cool project. Muralizing things has become something over like the last decade or so, but considering that that was a blank canvas, it's kind of surprising that it took so long for somebody to go, hey, I've got an idea. Let's make those a little artistic. Right. I, I know it's kind of like obvious. It's just kind of right. like been sitting there and playing. You know, I think you're going to start seeing that a lot more all over the country in different cities because, you know, every port city that's on a river like Toledo has grain silos like that on you know and I guarantee you're going to start seeing more of that. Um, it's be cool because Toledo's going to start a trend. Let's uh, let's slide up to so something that you I guess you hinted at a little bit and not exactly close to this neighborhood that we've talked about so far. Um, where Glass City Metro Park is, the new lofts are over there. The the old, oh, yeah. old bag of nails, which I've heard good things about but not been to. Um, as a longtime East Sider and someone who has great pride in the neighborhood and ha- who has defended it uh, rather often when people have been critical, what are your thoughts on the changes that are happening over there? That is another awesome thing about the east side. That is the Garfield neighborhood and the Garfield project. They got a lot going on with the Toledo Design Collective and Midstory, with also then the Metro Parks for the Glass City Metro Park. Uh, they got a whole. The work we're trying to we're trying to mimic what they got going on right now as far as the revitalization and the the you know getting a plan and organizing and actually getting feedback from the residents and what seeing what people want and need. You know they got a lot. They got a, a a prime location with Wade High School being in their neighborhood, being close to downtown, and then the new Metro Park, obviously. So they, you know, they're they're in a they got I two eighty access. You name it, they got a prime location. So they got a lot going on. I think you're going to see nothing but good things with that whole neighborhood, man. Yeah, It'd be really cool to see. Um, those are a lot of corporate investments and and tax dollars. So that, that I I would say that that's like if I had to make an analogy, that's like the target of the east side while you guys are the small up and coming mom and pop because hey man you don't well, you don't need a metro park with what you're building with the center there and how you talk about affordable living right over there it sounds like a great neighborhood oh man it really is it's an awesome neighborhood and the, you know it and what they got going on and we got going on is just all positive east side pride man so it, it you know it's it's no obviously no competition and it's like awesome to see man you know the the cleveland cliffs project the big new out factory out there in uh east toledo is like is a billion one billion dollar investment into east toledo too that's 
that's huge, huge, huge jobs in, you know, steel industry right here in the east side, man. So there's a lot of stuff going on here people don't really know about or just don't realize. And not too far down the road, um, arguably like one of the tent poles of the area to start a lot of this resurgence and growth was when Amazon plopped down in, in Rossford. Um, right, and that's, yep. that's a big deal as well. I was just talking to somebody last night, uh, how I said we didn't need a Starbucks downtown, but it was a nice confirmation that Toledo had come a long way to have a brand like that. And, you know, having Amazon and again, all the things that are oh, growing yeah. on all over the East side, I'm thinking like for as long as I've lived here now, everybody, and it's gotten a lot better in a, in a good yeah. way. People have, uh, people have made fun of the East side. Once all this development peaks in five to seven years, what are we going to make fun of? <laughs> hopefully uh the west side no i'm just kidding uh no um you know maybe we, I, I hope they always poke fun at us because we're gonna poke fun right back at them but as long as it's all good fun man i don't care you know right. we're always we're always going to be that little the island on the other side of the river you know that most you know, most people don't really come over here but uh you, we, we are toledo <laughs> we are the east side you know where the my grandfather always said the East Toledo built this whole city because the railroads and the shipping ports were all here. And back in the 1800s, man, we, the East Side was prime prime real estate. So we're just trying to get back to where we were and show it off, man. Well, it sounds like you're on a good path doing that with all the Ironwood projects. So uh, this uh, two, uh, sorry, the 22nd Saturday, what time can people uh, come out or be interested or help out or whatever you're 2, looking for? 2 p.m. Okay. at 1304 Ironwood Avenue in East Toledo. Um, I, I sent a little email out to a couple people to invite, uh, invite a bunch of people you from got the city the and from, I didn't want to say nothing cause I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> Did but you? he said he, he's a very busy man. He said he's going to stop by right around two o'clock <clears> and check out and see what we got going on. And I'm proud to show it to him. How did you go about reaching out to him? <laughs> Oh, well, honest, if I'm being honest, you know, it was Friday night. I had a couple Trulies sitting down at the laptop, shooting out emails to people, just, you know, inviting them, sending, kind of just spreading the word about what's going on. And I forgot about it. And Tuesday morning, I get an email from his assistant and from him saying, hey, Dan, you know, we can't stay long, but we'd love to be there and see what you got going on. So we'll be there. And awesome. I'm like, oh, crap. And, and it's going to be 90 <laughs> degrees, and he's going to be all suited up, not sweating a bead, and... <laughs> I think there's at this point. I think there's two of him for all the places that he makes it out to. Um, I I I sent I passed your info along to my friend at NBC Twenty Four. Did anybody reach out to you from there? Uh, not yet, but uh, I would you know welcome the call, text, email, whatever, man. We okay. uh, we get, we'll take anything we can get, man. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure I'll spread that word. I'll ping them again and uh, get some other people out there. Is there a is there a Facebook page for? the neighborhood or for the yeah, community yeah. center, where should so, people uh, follow? You can, uh, the umbrella, the main, our website is www.project er inc. That'd be project E R I N C dot org. Uh, you can find the links to all our social media on there. Uh, the garden and the garden has its own Facebook and Instagram at Ironwood community gardens for, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Just, you can do a, a Google search, Pretty much a Google search of Ironwood Community Gardens will give you a link to all of our stuff. So, or the main website, projecterinc.org. 
Awesome. I'm really excited. I'm glad we could do this. Um, I, If I could say this, and I don't mean it by an insult in any way, but I'm super proud of you. Um, because again, since I've gotten here, people slam the east side, but incrementally it's, it, things have happened and a lot of Toledo, a lot of Toledo has grown in the last five to seven years and the east side other than the waterfront has kind of been left back. So thanks for putting this on your back and doing this. Hey, it's not me, man, too. And I'd like to stress that a lot too. There's a whole team of people working. I'm just kind of sh- the voice that has been putting it on social media and kind of making it a little louder, but I am definitely one of many over here. And a lot of them have been doing it way before me. And, I, I, you know, there's a lot of credit to everybody. So I got to stress that, man. But I appreciate you, and I'm proud of you as well for getting a girlfriend, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks to you. I almost almost had a a present for you today. And then I'm like, shit, the time difference. Um, On on Thursday, Philip is usually on the podcast with us. Hey, I love Philip, man. Yeah, he's doing really well. He's uh, he still takes time to podcast with us, and he's on Thursdays. And today, he asked me, he's like, "Hey, can we bump it back?" I was like, "Oh no, Danny's gonna." I told Danny at four o'clock. That's like nine or ten his time because it would have been. He said he would have been happy to talk to you. So I'll just say he says hi. Awesome. Tell him I said hi. I chat with him on Facebook here and there. I I, I don't see him too often, but. uh, He's still in London, right? Is yes. he in London? Yeah, if you, if wow. you if you want to see more of him than you ever wanted, follow his Instagram. I will Oh, if you I do. do. Okay. I follow oh, it. All right, all right. <laughs> plenty plenty of sunshine there. That's my boy, man. Yeah. He's proud. Um awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. I'm going to do my very If I can't make it out um Saturday, hey. I, my things all bunched up. Is there another time I can come check things out, get a little tour or something? Yeah, man. We we got another event coming up June 12th. That's kind of like a uh, community center uh, tour, like walkthrough, kind of show you the progress that we got going on. That's another event that's right here in the neighborhood too, June 12th. Uh, that's going to be a fundraiser. There's more information about that on the website. It's still kind of in the works, but it is a solid confirmed date that we are having an event. Awesome. Just put it on my calendar. So, will do, my friend. I will be in touch like I always am. All right, and I'll keep you updated with my uh, with my girlfriend things. I, maybe if I like get into a fight or something, you can you can help me out with that. Oh, no, I want to go on a double date, man. You know, my wife, she's cool people. We love you. I won't be weird. I promise I won't oh, be weird. congratulations. Your daughter graduated kindergarten? Yes, tonight. I'm going to the graduation at 630. She's a kindergartner. Well, she graduated preschool going into kindergarten. That's going to so be huge. There's going to be, I don't know if you're going to do it. Your wife probably will, but there will be like rows of crying parents. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to videotape them with my phone. If that's still, would you say videotape or do you say just, I don't know. Wow, you're old. I feel old, man. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that. All right, man. Good to catch up. Thanks very much. This will get posted soon and good luck with everything Saturday in case I don't see you. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, dude. Bye-bye. Have a good day. C-5th, or whatever you want to call him. I forgot, um, and thanks if you're still here and you heard the monologue. I forgot two things. One, the only reason I told that pigeon story, well, the pigeon did look at me with a hard look, a hard gangster look, like Danny used to be with his rap music. C-5th. Um, uh, uh, a pigeon. Uh, Amanda's son loves Pete the cat, and he also now likes the this naughty pigeon. So Pete is some kind of, like, hothead. He's always losing his shoes, losing his buttons. He's just very, like, hapless and absent-minded. Now there's this pigeon, and apparently he should be kept away from things as well. Like, he can't drive a bus, and there's other things. And Amanda's like, don't let the pigeon drink your coffee. So, pigeons. Uh, And then one more thing. I saw something in the Blade today 
And this is really front of the podcast monologue content, so I hope you're here. And I say this mostly tongue-in-cheek, but let's not rule anything out. Uh, there was something with the blade uh, about this: how the city... The city's looking for input from residents, us, how they should spend some more of this federal money that we've got. And I don't know how much it is. I just like skimmed through the article really, really fast. Um, but I did see it once. Uh, resident input. Um, not tied to that, but Juwan Armour has been in the news. There is another gun violence meeting, I think coming up this weekend at Wait, I'm not certain. And the job postings for the, the people that will be on his team have been posted. If you want, I can pass this along to you. They pay well. You have to be, um, what is it, a violence interrupter, uh, a community advocate, a liaison, so we can reduce gun violence and any kind of violence in our Toledo neighborhoods. It's been the spring of, uh, unsurprisingly, fires and shootings. I say this tongue-in-cheek, but maybe somebody can extract a reasonable idea out of it. Um, and I'm going to get on people if they criticize the mayor for pet projects that involve kids in the future. Because if these if these pet projects, most of which are playgrounds, recreation centers, things like that, if they keep kids busy, they'll keep from shooting people. They'll stay out of gangs. They'll stay busy. They'll focus on schoolwork and turn out to be great Toledo adults. Um, so get off the mayor for those kinds of pet projects. But... Um, can we take some of that money and, like, can we offer people, in the same way that we're incentivizing people to get vaccinated, can we incentivize people to not shoot other people? Again, mostly tongue-in-cheek, but perhaps there is a way uh, that Juwan Armour, as a violence interrupter, can use some money to go, look, man, I will pay you 500 bucks to put your gun away. Or if there is some type of dispute and and guns begin to come out we'd get some kind of psa campaign campaign going and gets into that person's head hey you know what i can get like 250 bucks if i walk away from this there's something there and again mostly tongue-in-cheek not completely and paying people to not shoot others we shouldn't have to do it but we shouldn't have to incentivize people to, to get vaccinated for public for the good of public health anyway but we do what we got to do and we make smart investments and those smart investments lead to better people and better communities thank you for listening to today's podcast